This is Jason Stepp from Polka Dot Cadaver, Dog Fashion Disco, Knives Out, El Creepo, In the Blind, and newly constructed Beyond Paranoid. And you are listening to Metal Beer and Bullshit. Welcome back to Metal Beer and Bullshit. Grab a beer, grab a seat, and enjoy some metal beer and steaming piles of bullshit. Hey, metalheads, beer drinkers, and bullshitters, we're back. I'm Sean. I'm Juan. I'm BN. And we're here with Jason from Polka Dot Cadaver. Hey! And about four other bands. Uh, what, what is there? <laughs> Uh, dog fashion disco and knives out and uh what else is you're you're part of el creepo i am yeah and, there's, and just, there's so many and then you guys have the 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 record label razor to wrist so yeah we you, do yeah. We're, we're 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 busy people for sure there's no <laughs> no doubt about that uh, before we get really deep into everything um i was just talking to these guys we have a question for you of will there be a polka dot poster for the singer of the forgotten singer of uh skid row that passed away yesterday <laughs> Sure, <laughs> we'll yes. do it in your we'll do it in your honor. <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, I I seen the guy once, and I was like, okay, you sound just like Sebastian Bach, and nobody knows your name. All right, cool. <laughs> oh, oh, it's it, I didn't even know that Skid Row had another singer. I was yeah. like, I was like, like digging through my memory, going, holy shit, Sebastian Bach died, but no, apparently it was the other guy. No, yeah. I think they had about I, eight. Eight singers oh, at this point. Oh, have they? Okay. Well, I, I haven't. I haven't kept up on Skid Row. I apologize. <laughs> no need to apologize. No, I, I, I don't think yeah. anybody else. Has. Yeah, I, was gonna, <laughs> I think I only knew that because I saw it in a ad. You know, one of the Loudwire articles or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. R.I.P. Uh, Ron Jones, the <laughs> former singer of Skid Row and porn star or something. And, por- and porn star, right? Uh, anyway, back to your bands here. Uh, yeah. You have Polka Dot, you have DFD, El Creepo, Knives Out. Which is the top project? Well, I mean, the, the one that, that spawned all the others is Dog Passion Disco. So it's that really has been um, the number one thing. So what happened like a, a while ago, like DFD broke up um, after the Adultery record came out for a few years. And basically what, what happened is, you know, DFD broke up and we started all these other bands and, and we kind of described it as like smashing DFD on the floor and it breaking out into its component pieces, which is like Polka Dot Cadaver is sort of a weird, you know, like electronic punk band. Knives Out was like the super heavy project. El Creepo was sort of like the acoustic arm of the whole thing. Um, and, and DFD does all of those things. So um, when we put DFD back together, we just kept all the others going too. So yeah, we have we have all those bands. And we actually, Todd and I, the singer, just started a new band called Beyond Paranoid that is, um, we're working on that record now. I have another project called In the Blind with um, uh, Bill Gall from Nothing Face and um, our drummer from DFD and another singer from a band called Mikosh. Um That'll be done soon. Um, dude, just it's it's we have a million things going on all the time. So I'm downstairs. We have um, John, our, our drummer, is coming in town to do pre-production 
um, on not are the, the the same weekend that Todd is coming to do DFD vocals, which is the weekend of the 25th. John is coming to town to do pre-production on, let's think, the new El Creepo, the new In the Blind, the new, well, more DFD songs and the new Polkadot Cadaver album. So I have all of these songs sort of being constructed as we speak. So there's a lot. It's a lot. Jeez. <laughs> did, did, the forest, yeah. <laughs> did the forest hiatus the last year, two, year and a half kind of spawn a lot more ideas as well? Um, For me, I... I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, like I had, I, and I'm, I don't want to take too much credit here, but like most of the new DFD record, I actually, I wrote the music for that just because I was here working on it, um, which makes sense. So I was in front of my computer working on all this stuff, but dude, I have, I have so many songs in the, in the hopper. And when I start something new, I don't necessarily know what band it's for. And it doesn't really even matter. Like, it's just like all these things just kind of going into my, into my hard drive. So, and then I kind of figure them out later, but I probably have 200 songs started so there's there's just a lot of stuff to weed through so and you never know if any of them are going to be anything to be honest so like I, I that's why john's coming to town he's he we're going to play a bunch of stuff and he's going to work on it with me and just see if any of them are anything so yeah it'll, it'll be fun we're looking forward to it of all your projects though i'm i'm a bigger polka dot fan and cool. Bron, uh, todd has some really some really crazy lyrics in there has there ever been a song that you guys had to say all right todd reel it in a little bit <laughs> never no, never have, never will. I mean, the only thing that would maybe, um, you know, the current political climate, like, and, and not that it's a bad thing, but like, you, you don't want to say anything that's too offensive to, to people and, you know, get into trouble and then, you know, have all of our stuff, you know, quote unquote, canceled. Don't, you don't, don't want to have that happen. So, um, but I, I don't, I, I don't think that, um, I don't think we would ever try to rein him in because um, he, he's, he's so good at what he does. Um, and, you know, people appreciate it. And, I, and the funny thing about Todd, man, is he's like the most normal, grounded uh, every man that you've ever met until you like read through his lyrics. Dude, Todd, he sits at home and like watches cops and like, he's like <laughs> and, and HGTV and stuff. And then you like read his lyrics. You're like, holy shit, that guy is like, he's, he must be crazy. And he's so not. So I don't know. <laughs> Um, you did two uh two albums on Rotten Records, and then there was, my my mind wasn't all full of beer. Uh, you did a, like three or four with uh, DFD on Rotten, and I know there's been so some. We've done a bunch. Okay, I know there's yeah. some uh, some uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Turmoil there and a- an- animosity. Yeah, yeah there's there was there there was some. So yeah, man. I mean, we like the story behind us signing with Rotten is we were signed to Artemis Records, which is a which was a, at the time a really really big. Um, independent label. It's the it's one of the, I think it was the biggest independent label in the country at the time. They 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 signed like the Sugar Cult and and Kitty and like they had a bunch of like you know bigger indie bands and a couple of metal bands. Um, and we signed with them and we were excited about it. Um, and that was kind of the next logical step for us beyond Spitfire Records, which was our previous record deal. Um, and in the interim of us signing there, the guy that signed us, his name was Danny Goldberg, um, left the label. Um, and then our, who he was the president of the label, he left. And then our A&R person left. And like, basically it was a whole bunch of people there that were like, what the hell is this dog fashion disco band? And what do we do with them? And no one had any idea. So the long and the short of it is we ended up getting dropped, um, by our, 
Artemis before we ever even put a record out, except for a live album, which was stupid. So we had another offer on the table, and that was from Rotten. And we, dude, in hindsight, we should have like tried, but we were at the time we were just like, screw it, whatever. We'll just take that other deal that we had, and we'll just put a record out, and that'll be that. Um, and that ended up being Adultery, which is maybe a, one of our most you know well-known albums. But yeah, that we 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 should have tried harder to get a better record deal. And then we we're like, hey man, we're Rotten, whatever. This sounds fine. So it ended up that we signed with them for DFD for for three albums, which was dumb. Put out the first one. The band broke up after Adultery happened. We decided to put together another put together another project, which became Polkadot. And the singer and I went back to Rotten and we're like, hey, are are you interested in putting this out? And he was. And we thought, and we had just explained it to him and explained it to our attorney that our Polkadot cadaver contract would fulfill the dog fashion disco contract meaning two more albums and we're done so we signed for two with polka dot and come to find out our attorney screwed up and the language wasn't right in the contract so we ended up getting screwed and had to do another two albums for rotten uh with dfd when dfd got back together so that's how that all happened uh yeah we just ended up just basically screwing ourselves and our attorney was, was a friggin moron so yeah so we ended up doing when, when dfd got back together uh, Sweet Nothings and Ad Nauseam had to be on Rotten Records. That's why we did them in such close proximity. We we're just like, screw this guy. We're gonna we're gonna get these records out. So we did DF, we did Sweet Nothings in 2014 and uh, Ad Nauseam in 2015 just to get rid of the contract. So yeah, so that's yeah. He has he has a lot of our material on his label and hasn't done much with it since you started Razor to Wrist. Is is there ever going to be a chance to you go to another label? Or are you just going to stay with your own? Um, it's possible that one of the other bands could end up going to another label. I mean, like if, if you know, if Beyond Paranoid or In Blind or, I mean, even DFD or Polkadot, I mean, that's ended up getting an offer from, from another label. We we would possibly consider that. But, but I mean, the truth is, dude, we have been able to just carve out this little bizarre niche of our own with a great and loyal fan base that will buy any brain fart that we have. And, you know, and, and I don't foresee us going out and shopping to other labels. You know, if something happened where, you know, something blew up on YouTube or, I mean, stranger things have happened and and people started courting us again, it could happen. It's possible. But, I mean, I don't think we're going to go after that. You know, we are we're very happy doing what we do and for the people we do it for and you know, we'll just continue to do that, you know, as long as, as, long as they'll keep buying it, as long as we keep coming up with songs. That's pretty much it. Speaking so, of Speaking of your fan base, I mean, you guys have a very loyal, loyal fan base. Uh, pages, there's guys with tattoos, and I think somebody named a a, a child after you or Todd. Uh, it's just you. Guys... Oh, that's happened. That's happened many times, actually. We have we have pets and kids and all sorts of stuff named after us. It's ridiculous, <laughs> but yeah, like yeah, man. I mean, they're they're it's it's a it's a bizarre thing you know it's like we liken it to i mean clutch is enormous but it's similar this the story is similar to like clutch a band like them like they basically we've basically done what they did just on a smaller level you know they were scorned by labels and then they're like screw it we'll just do our own so that's more or less what we've done their fan base is very loyal as is ours you know we we did an indiegogo campaign to finance sweet nothings and it ended up financing both sweet nothings and ad nausea but dude we did we raised almost ninety thousand dollars on on indiegogo which is which absolutely utterly blew our minds we're like holy shit 
all right, I guess, you know, people still do care about these bands. So yeah, it was crazy. So yeah, man, there's, we couldn't ask for, I mean, it'd be great if we had more of them. That's if we, <laughs> if we, if we could like double our fan base and, you know, or, or, or more of the same sort of people, dude, we, we could, we could maybe not have jobs anymore, which would be great. Well, speaking of your fan base though, I mean, you guys don't tour as much as you used to, <clears throat> Yeah. Um, but you do destination shows for like a whole weekend and you do, yeah. you know, um, uh, DFD, Polkadot, Knives Out was on a couple of them. Um, yeah. Is, do you find that this is, uh, uh, how do I, how do I say this? A better representation of you that you can get a whole weekend with you guys and your fan base goes to Cleveland yeah. or Baltimore. And yeah, it, I mean, I, I've been wanting to get to one, but it's always a weekend and I'm busy. Right on. Yeah. Like we do residencies. We, that's what we call, we call them residencies for either two or three days in, in a city. Um, we've done one in Atlanta, in New York city, New Jersey, um, Cleveland, Baltimore. Um, at, at, I said Atlanta. Yeah. And, and, um, just have people, we do them, book them far in advance and people come from far and wide, you know, and, and we make it sort of an event thing as opposed to just seeing another stop on a tour. Um, you know, we have several of our bands play at once, which is very taxing on us. Um, but people appreciate it and it's fun. Um, and we just kind of build it into an event and make sort of our own sort of festivals. Um, and then you have merch associated with the event and you have like all that stuff and it, you know, it ends up, you know, being a decent, um, moneymaker so we can pay the guys in the band. And yeah, I mean, it's always, it's a, it's a great thing to do. And then, you know, you, you just go back to your nine to five. I mean, you can, you can do, you can do things like that and still maintain, you know, a, a regular job, which we all have, you know, I mean, we're, there's no illusions about, you know, being full time again. I mean, we used to be full time when we would tour all the time, but, um, and that might happen again. I, I mean, who knows? We, we, we may end up going back on the road, but I, I think that, I think for us, for touring now, it's probably going to be within in the confines of you know vacation time for work or or whatever you know may, maybe a month or two a year something like that which is plenty dude i mean we're none of us are spring chickens anymore man i mean it's that the the road is tough <laughs> so it is but particularly how we do it i mean we we rough it man i mean we when we go up we, you know we take our van and we take our trailer and we sleep in our van you know we don't get hotel rooms so you know that's you know, 40 something year old men in, in a van living together for months on end. I mean, that doesn't sound great. So yeah, I mean, we, it's, well, you get used to it. It's fun. I mean, and it's, and it's still, we still have fun doing it, but yeah, man, I mean, yeah. And the the purpose for that, I mean, dude, we could take it, we could be in a tour bus if we wanted. I mean, we could, we really could, we could afford that, but the, but the point of no one wants to come home with nothing anymore. So there's absolutely, we've always been our own roadies. We've always been our own. We take a merch guy with us now, but we we used to be our own merch people. We've, We've been our own management We're all of those things like that rational, functional human beings who don't want to just get fucked up all the time on tour can do if you approach it like it's your job. So you do those things and then you don't pay other people to do them and you can actually go home in the black 
and actually have everybody be happy financially as opposed to, you know, having all kinds of extra help and paying for a tour bus and partying all the time and having a blast, but going home with nothing. So that's, 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 if there's one lesson I could like put out there to young bands who are just starting out trying to do this thing, carry your own shit, do your own work, sell your own merch. Don't pay people to do that stuff. If you don't have to have a tour manager, don't, if you're, if you have people who are responsible and you don't don't need to have somebody follow them around and make sure that they're not, you know, doing dumb shit. Just handle your own business and then go home with money and then the band will be happier. So anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. Well, speaking of your live shows, though, I seen you guys on the uh, Christmas tour ha, forever ago. That was fun. Yeah. In, in Philly. And yeah, just on a, on a goof, I posted on Facebook, hey, would you guys play Cake and Eat It too? And you guys read your Facebook page that day and you didn't shout out to me, but you said, hey, a, fa- a fan said about this song and boom there it was and i was cool i love the way you guys take care of your fans try we definitely (laughs) try man i mean there's there's yeah i mean i I, that's there there would be no point to doing any of this stuff if not for you know the people who care about it so yeah we have a a really good relationship i I would call them more most of our fans are friends now i mean like it's a lot of people that have been following our projects for years and years man and they just you know they're there and you know we've stayed we've crashed on many up many a couch and you know in many a living room and in friends houses and yeah it's yeah it's it's a privilege to have people that we really care about um actually enjoy our music and and you know want to see us keep making it i want to i want to go to knives out for a second here all all intensive purposes is this just a baltimore super group or is this just another one of the projects well knives is um i mean i guess it's i guess it's both of those things you know it's it was um it started as todd tom maxwell our original bass player from polka dot dave and i just kind of shooting around an idea of doing a band when tom was home for a year from hell yeah so like yeah let's make a record let's put a band together and make a record and, and with with tommy sickles it was a very easy band to put together because we knew all the people is basically taking you know two members of nothing face and three members of polka dot cadaver and making a band out of them so you know there really wasn't a whole lot of thought that went into that side of it um and it was great for me man i was a huge nothing face fan like like from i still am i love i love that band i don't know if you ever followed them or not but um they're they were one of my all-time favorite bands and the idea that you know i was going to be in a band playing guitar with tom maxwell was like over the moon um you know and and you know we we were pretty good friends from you know from years back i mean like whenever he would come back from tour i mean well, we would chat i mean I, I didn't see him that much but um yeah it was nice to to actually kind of get into that circle and actually able to make making a record with with him was really fun so and being in a practice space with them was really fun because um, because it was sort of effortless writing. Most of the writing that I do for Polkadot and DFD is all done more or less on my own on on the computer. The last time we actually got into a practice space was that first Knives Out album, um, and and we actually like were in the studio writing that record. And we thought that it was we were like, man, this is going to be friggin' huge, of course, you know. And of course, it wasn't. I and mean, when you could you could see that coming as well. I mean, Tom's going to go back to hell yeah. And that, and then what? So, but as far as it being a Baltimore supergroup, not really. I mean, it's just now Knives Out is, you know, Tom isn't in it anymore because he's, um, you know, he gracefully bowed out before the, you know, he went back to hell yeah. Um, and, you know, we tried to carry on for a little bit and 
um, try to make we tried to make that like our primary project for a while um and had a had had a deal with a huge management company um but it just ended up just not working out and they couldn't get us a deal and that was pretty much the end of it until we put out another album which i wrote more or less all that that music and but wrote it to sound like two guitars so tom didn't want to be in the second album which is fine so yeah no i wouldn't call it a super group at all at this point i mean it's basically just you know again me and todd so, so yeah with uh, with Razor to Wrist, you have so many different packages, and these yeah. things literally, you go on your website one day, and hours later, they're gone. It, it's got to be such a great feeling. Oh, it's awesome. Fantastic. I mean, like, we, it's, it's, you don't actually see it happening when you're kind of in the trenches of it. Like, it's, it's all been an incremental thing for us. But now, you're exactly right. You know, like, I can do that, or we can do, a, you know, vinyl packages, or have, we have special pressings and stuff, <clears throat> And they're, you know, like the, the limited pressings and things are gone within, you know, minutes. They're just gone. So, you know, the larger pressing still is around, of course. I mean, we don't sell hundreds and hundreds of vinyls. We will sell. We, we generally, I get, when, when we do a new vinyl, I'll get 500 copies of it. And then, you know, like, and then limited editions of it. And then the limited stuff sells out immediately. And, and you know, we'll, we will eventually sell through those 500 copies. So it's not like we're, it's not like they're all flying off the shelf. But, but yeah, man, I'm very happy you know with with the way that we have things now it's 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 such a treat to not have to you know worry about that you know when we order 500 vinyls or whatever because 500 vinyls i mean dude like when you're running a record label dude 500 vinyls is like you know it's like sixty five hundred dollars or seven thousand dollars depending on the packaging you get that's like that's expensive <laughs> so yeah like in in even a few years ago i'd have been like oh man i i don't know about this and then but now i i'm you know we're in the black you know almost instantly with all that stuff so which is great so so do you do when you when you start picking through the different colors of vinyl that you want i mean do you do things with an eye for the collector 100 yeah, yeah for nice. sure yeah i mean it, and try to figure out um you know like with the, the so the place that we have our records made is called got a groove records in cleveland and they have a, an arm of that company called wax mage records um and wax mage is they do what it's it's art really man like what they do with their pressings um you know they do a they'll do a limited run of these super elaborate super fancy like um splatter like they're they're really art it's beautiful and we order a, a bunch of well not a bunch but a few of those as well to go with pressing you know and that's that's really like what generates the excitement is having like something that's really rare and beautiful um and we also do a bunch of like test pressing copies as well that people like to have people like the test pressing yeah, yeah. it's 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 awesome man. I, i've often wondered that i mean you see like when they talk about the misfit I mean, a lot of that misfit shit, you know, was so limited and so rare. And the question has always yeah. come up whether, you know, Glenn Danzig did that on purpose. And, you know, the consensus seems to be now that he did because, I mean, he's a collector as well. He collects comic books and stuff. So, I'm, yeah, you know, and you hear other bands talk about it. And it's like they fucking spin a little needle on a fucking game thing and eh, whatever, you know. So, yeah, it's cool to hear somebody say, yeah, we definitely do it with an eye towards the collector. Oh, for sure. I mean, and like and 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 with an eye towards, hey, what would I like to have, you know? So, um, 
Um, yeah, and even with the even with the pressings themselves, you know, I mean, we did of Get Possessed. The original pressing of that was 300 copies, so not a lot. So we sold through those, and then the next go around that we do, I'll try to do something different with the vinyl at least. The packaging will probably be r- roughly the, the same, but like do something different. So you know, maybe people that have the original one would want to have the new one, and maybe we'll put a couple remix tracks on it and try to make it a little bit different um, for for the collectors. So yeah, I mean. People love that shit, man. They they love you know we do like limited silk run silk screen posters and stuff and have like you know twenty five or fifty of them made and they sell out right away and and you know then you know even even for our fans they suddenly you know have a bargaining chip with our other fans that like want to have that poster. I mean it's there's a weird like we have a we have a pretty large buy sell trade group as well that we're not even involved with. That's just like our fans buying selling and trading our merchandise with other. People people it's crazy that's are you a collector do you collect vinyl i don't i would like to um when when my wife and i move we're gonna move to maine um you know in the in the not too too distant future um I, right now we live in we live in baltimore city like we haven't really set down permanent roots in the house we're in right now um so the short answer is not yet so I, I think when we get there we'd like to have a nice record player and um you know and and do something with a with a stereo i mean like we have basically all the records we have now at this point are our records so so they're they're we're, we're, i save a copy of each of them for us so That's we awesome. can listen what, what when we eventually have a record player um let's go back to your live shows for a second here um sure. your your live shows let's just say I, i've seen it on uh, the set lists and stuff like that how it's not the same show every night you guys throw in different no. songs do you just send out like a core set of songs or do you just go all right tonight we're just going to play this and tomorrow night play a completely different nine songs well we generally when we practice for a tour we'll have a we'll have a set list um meaning a collection of songs our, i mean honestly man we can't remember all of our songs at this point or i can't i uh, maybe, maybe maybe the other guys can but speaking for myself pff, forget about it dude i mean we have you know hundreds of songs we've written at this point and they're all you know complicated in their own way so um yeah we'll have like a, a like a selection of you know 20 or 25 songs that we prepare for the tour um and then make set lists out of those songs polka dot's a little bit harder because polka dot is on a backing track so all of like the the digital stuff that we have isn't performed live we play along with you know the 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 beats and the and the keyboard stuff that i make here so we're we're a little more limited in what we can do with that because you actually have to make um like a set list in our backing track player the truth is though i mean i've i i had for the longest time you know todd and i we don't disagree about a lot, but I always wanted to be on a single set list um, when we would tour because that's how bands get super, super tight is when they're they basically play the same show every day. But, you know, there's I think there's arguments to be had on both sides. You, you get super tight as a band if you play the same thing every day and you know what's coming and what song is after the, the last one you just finished. All that stuff it just becomes like second nature. But, you know, making a new set list every day, then, you know, fans that come to multiple shows get to see something different the next day i mean i i there's pros and cons to both so i i get it all for let's just say let's go for intensive purpose here dfd uh polka dot and knives out okay. what, what style of music would you call each one of those bands um it's I such would a hard call, label it's in yeah 
Knives Out is a metal band. I mean, that one is easy. So that one, I mean, and, and I've heard people call it like groove metal or something like that. You know, it's w- whatever that is. That's simple. I would call, I would call Polkadot um, an electronic rock band. Polkadot is more of a, it's a rock band and less metal. Dog Fashion Disco is, is tough, man. People ask that question. I, I the truth is that it's, DC is everything. So with, with few exceptions, I mean, we haven't done any like bossa nova music. I mean, like any like, like completely bizarre, you know, genres, but I mean, it, we've done metal, rock, country, hip hop, jazz, blues, ska. I, I mean, just, just all of these different things just get thrown into a blender and turn into what that band is. I think at its core, DFD is a metal band. Um, but with all of those other things added in, I mean, I, I think traditionally people have called it a metal band, you know, whenever we are in a genre on iTunes or Spotify or something. So, but yeah, I mean, it's more or less a metal band, but like with all of those different influences and, and it's not like, yeah, I mean, like they take a song like Desert Grave off of, off of Adultery. I mean, that's, it's a, like a Johnny Cash murder ballad. I mean, it doesn't, there's nothing heavy about that at all. So I've, I've seen you guys, I've seen Polkadot uh, oh, a handful of times and you always seem to be on tour with some, you know, really, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, odd choices. Like I, I seen you guys <laughs> with, yeah, uh, with Wednesday Did 13. You see the- yeah, did you see the Blood on the Dance Floor tour? Uh, blood on the Dance Floor tour. Blood. Uh, who was that with? Uh, oh, that was it. Was Blood on the Dance Floor and Broken Side and Yes, yes, it was, yes. It was it was it was atrocious, man. Yeah, like you guys played it. We uh, played in Croc Rock with that one up in Allentown. Yeah, I seen that. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, dude. We it was it was fucking bizarre to be on that. I mean, the truth is, dude, that there aren't that many bands. I mean, there's lots of bands we'd love to go out on tour with, but I mean, the question is, well they take us on tour and the answer is almost always no so i mean i'd love to get on a tour with like primus or a tour with system of a down or a tour with um i mean any number of bands like like that stuff i mean like uh, mindless self-indulgence or you know all these bands that would make sense <clears throat> for us they don't do they won't take us on tour i mean they just won't so you know you have to you have to take the choices that are offered it's like it's i mean it's 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 roughly equivalent to like you know we're like a um we're not a tom cruise is an a-list actor Tom Cruise gets sent scripts all the time that he gets to pick and choose and decide exactly what he wants to do. Then you have like the next tier of actor down where they get sent a bunch of scripts too, but they don't quite get to choose all of the parts that they would love to have. And then you have like actors below them who are like, um, character actors we're a character actor that's what we are so we get offered stuff and that wouldn't necessarily be our favorite thing to do but you know sometimes you got to put the sink in man i mean like it's just you know you're that's your job if you're you know you can either choose to to go on the tours that you're offered or not so you know i mean like as far as you know being on tour with wednesday 13 well we were offered that tour and i guess they drew some people and that's why we did it i i personally think that was like one my favorite times of seeing you guys because I do really yeah. like Wednesday and you know of course polka dot and I got to be a little biased here uh, I knew somebody in in the Wednesday 13 camp and they gave us backstage passes I got to stand on the stage of the truck the truck nice. in Philly while you guys played and I have pictures of it, it was so much fun <laughs> nice well that's fun yeah I mean and that was a really fun tour actually man I mean we we had a good time with them and and it was um we were paired on that tour with it was let me think it was vampires everywhere and them um and vampires everywhere is that was a little ridiculous but 
it was funny, man. We ended up by the end of that tour, we were, we were, so of the three touring bands, no, there were four touring bands. I forget the band that was before us. Anyway, we were, we were second of four on that tour. And by the end of it, we were third of four. Cause I don't know why, but we just switched places with, 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 uh, vampires everywhere. So it ended up, it ended up working out fine, but we did that one. And then we did, um, a tour with a band called Corpaclani, which was bizarre too. They're like this Finnish folk metal band. Um, and they drew, dude, they drew a friggin' shitload of people though. So yeah. I mean, and, and, and we joke about it all the time. I mean, we played in front of thousands and thousands of people on those tours. And I don't know how many people we actually won over just because our band is so friggin' weird. But yeah, I mean, if we, if, dude, if we went out on tour with like, if we went on tour with Clutch or we went on tour with Primus or something like that, dude, it would be an absolute game changer for our band. So, or, and if DFD went out on tour with System of a Down, I mean, we, back in the day before I was even in DFD, they did a string of shows with System of a Down and people still come up to us today saying oh yeah i saw you guys with system and that's how i found out about it i mean it would be a an absolute game changer but you know we don't get offered those things because we're not really on anybody's radar so i mean we don't have we don't have a big label behind us we don't have a big management company or a booking agent we just well we used to we could have a booking agent if we want we did have one for a long time and that's incidentally where those tours come from so you know it's it's you don't have you know we don't have a high powered we never have had a high powered team behind us you know and maybe you get offered better stuff when you have more powerful people behind the scenes and we have always had like you know a list of and no offense to them i think that they would absolutely say this is true as well at least back in the day like just just you know people that aren't working for the biggest booking agent or agency or aren't working for the big label it's always like second or third tier stuff and then you don't get offered like you know massive tours so it just is what it is man i mean it's you know that you you move up the ranks i mean if we if we were in a more in a bigger more popular band we would have you know a bigger more popular booking agent and a bigger more popular record label but it just it just all works so do, do you guys get ever get offered only getting into the festivals i mean is amazing never that's see that's a that's a sucks because like polka dot is so amazingly eclectic and and oh dude fucking awesome you know we would annihilate a tour or uh, annihilate a, a festival if ever it were offered. Well, we, we were supposed to get offered, um, um, download in England. I mean, the, the guy that books download when we played, we played the Barfly in England in London a few years ago, we sold it out three nights back to back to back with DFD. So that guy came to those shows, came to two of those shows. He's like, Holy shit. I had no idea that this band was this so i mean we've laid waste to those shows man it was awesome so i mean pack nuts to butts england people from all over europe were there um and he's like yeah i'll definitely put you guys on download festival we're like fucking hey all right download festival that would be huge and then he never did so it's like all right well what are there's just literally like nothing there's no there's no recourse there's no nothing so he just never did it it so it kind of blows my mind because i mean there's so many festivals over in europe i mean it's just you could probably do a whole summer in, in Europe just well, doing festivals. If, if we had, you know, a team behind us trying to make that happen. Yeah. Dude, we, we're, I mean, our bands, I mean, this isn't, I, I don't want it to sound arrogant or ridiculous, but we are, partic- I mean, I know you love Polkadot. You know, DFD and Polkadot are 
so much better than so many of the bands that have bigger opportunities than we do. I mean, it's just the truth. So it, and it's frustrating from our perspective, but you know, I mean, what, what are you going to do? So it's, it's, it's really okay. But, you know, we would love to have some of those opportunities, man, like to actually let us be on in front of a, a large crowd that didn't pay to necessarily see us, but maybe we could try to win them over, you know, just, you know, give us a shot. Which in particular over in Europe, I mean, they tend to be far more open-minded, I think. Oh, big time. Than here, you oh, know dude, what I mean? Dude, DFD on a, on one of those big festivals, if we if we brought our entire horn section and everything, people would, they're, they, they wouldn't know what to do oh they'd go I mean, eight really shit. yeah like seriously like so, that, that was i don't know you know i had lived over over there for a little while and it was just always it was a big <laughs> eye-opener to me like when you lived in america like you either you were either a punk a metalhead or you know a pop fan like over there people are fucking into everything like it's yeah people 100%. just love music they just love you know art. yeah like, yeah 100 man yeah it, no, no doubt is there now aside from like the bands that you had talked about earlier like was there any like cool punk bands that you guys would like to tour with? I mean, is there anybody in particular that ever crossed your mind? Oh, dude! I mean, like, I think that I think that I think Polkadot would fit great with some with punk bands. Truly, like, I think that that would be you know of all the genres um, of all the genres that you know we could go out with. I mean, dude, like touring with a band like like Goldfinger or something like that for DFD or for uh, Polkadot would be perfect. Oddly, you know, that would, oddly enough, I was thinking the Damned. It'd be cool to see you guys with the Damned. Yeah. All of that. I think that would be great. You know, punk fans are, are, are pretty open-minded to stuff. And, and there are certainly punk elements in our band. And, and one thing we can do with, with all of our projects is tailor our set to whatever tour that we're going to be on. So we always used to try to do that, at least. You know, there are songs that we have that fit better with certain crowds. So we would try to steer our set in that direction. All right. Um, I got one more for you. Um, now that the world is opening again, could, yeah. could we see a Razor to Wrist night? in say something close for us like baltimore yeah absolutely so we're gonna we're doing one in in cleveland we're actually doing two this year one is in september and one is in december <clears throat> so the I, I i to my singer is gonna shoot me i don't i don't remember exactly i don't remember all the dates exactly what's going on with those but yeah the, we're, we're doing a couple before the end of the year and then uh we're gonna hopefully book up some stuff next year as well and we are doing just so you know we're doing a a live stream soon as well that we're about to announce so we're going to do a like a covid style live stream concert so that's coming right up as well so that'll be exciting that's actually that's el creepo dog fashion disco and polka dot oh nice so it's it's over two nights so it's basically a virtual version of of one of our weekends nice nice because i will check that out because i haven't seen polka dot in i think the last time i seen you guys was the was that christmas tour oh it's been a while then okay yeah so yeah that was that's when we did the the uh christmas ep that was fun i love the christmas ep last year (laughs) me too man it's a different thing not to get personal on this but we have big christmas dinner at our house and uh my my in-laws and everything like to listen to classical and all that kind of stuff but i'm like hey can i get a little bit of my christmas music in here and this past year they finally left me you know play some music and i ended up playing your uh, christmas album nice i was drunk as hell but my, my- hey dude there's there's some stuff on there that's not like too offensive i mean like dude christmas angels like a real christmas song actually my, so- my mother-in-law really got into uh, <laughs> uh blue christmas nice so well, the, dude, it's funny, man. Like we we hear stuff like that all the time. Like, yeah, when when people actually get exposed to it, they're like, "What the hell is this? This is cool." 
So yeah, we've gotten, uh, our fans are always, um, they're our best advocates. So they definitely push it and, and try to get pe- new people on board. So yeah, it's been, it's, it's been a wild ride, man. And I, I, you know, I, I think we're just going to keep going and going. So we'll see, we'll see how long we can take this thing and what we can do with it. But I mean, Razor to Wrist, I, I think that we have, I think we have 15 albums on Razor to Wrist now. Jeez. Um, and we've, we've signed another, we signed Celebrity Sex Scandal. So and I'm looking for other bands to sign. I want to make Razor Wrist a real record label. So that's that's part of the goal for this whole thing too, is to actually sign bands that tour and do the whole thing and support them in ways that we weren't supported. And then um, you know, capitalize uh, hopefully on the success of other of other bands and uh, have people discover our music through bands that we sign. I think that that's a, a, a neat way to kind of circumnavigate the system as well. Very much. <clears throat> yeah. But uh, I ain't got nothing left. Um, I want to thank you very much for uh, coming on and uh, spending some time with us. Um, um, it's my pleasure, guys. I, I, sorry I missed you guys a couple times, but oh, that's all right. We, we, we get we get busy and crazy stuff happens. But I, I, I appreciate you guys taking the time with me as well. So if, if people want to check out um, RazorToWrist.com, that's our, that's our website that has all all the bands on it um and then the our merch store for all of our bands if you want to check it out and you know grab a vinyl or a cd or something is indiemerch.com it's i-n-d-i-e-m-e-r-c-h.com slash razor to wrist i will make sure i put that up on our facebook page i i have nothing else but thank you very much and uh we hope to see you guys real soon yes thank you yeah I, we really appreciate it yeah thank you. absolutely guys it was, it's been a pleasure thank you